Hey, so uh, here's the thing. Mm. Sitting here now, I plan and hope to do this show pretty much forever. That being said, there's a better than 50% chance this might be the last episode of Analog because we have some F1 chat to do late in the episode and it could get ugly. That's interesting. I wasn't expecting the possibility of ugliness. You might be okay because I am wrecked right now. I am on a cocktail of horrific jet lag and COVID booster. <laughs> you are you are not, as they say, filing on all cylinders. My jaw hurts. Oh, that's not desirable at all. Yeah, that's the, that's the situation that I'm in. I couldn't sleep last night. It was the first night where I tried to sleep without any sleeping aid, and that didn't last very well. I was up until <laughs> three in the morning, gave in. Oh, no. We we found the wonders of Zequil. You know what Zequil is? I, I know what Nyquil is. I don't know so what Zequil is. So the company is. that makes Nyquil took the because it's a cold medicine, right? Yep, 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 yep. They took the cold medicine part out and just left the part that makes you drowsy. Oh, that's and they delightful. sell it as a gentle sleeping aid. Mm-hmm. And I discovered it maybe a few years ago now when I was coming back from some like some trip. And I took it on the plane and slept the whole way. And it was amazing. Oh, that's pro move. And we have been trying to break our jet lag with that. So we've been taking one. You take two pills. You're supposed to be take one pill. Mm-hmm. And it's been helping us go back to sleep at night. However, it hasn't stopped the rest of the jet lag. Like <laughs> I still feel like disorientated and nauseous a lot, which is weird. That's new for me. Maybe it's because I'm sleeping normally and like my, my body clock's all off, right? Well, because we're going to talk about this in a few minutes, but you're, you, you spent like two or three weeks, two somewhere, and a half between weeks. Nine, somewhere between nine and 12 hours off your normal time, Eight and right? Ten. Okay, so still, that's significant no matter how you slice it's it. It's hilarious that I, I basically corrected every statistic you just gave. That's that's uh, yeah, very that normal true. for our relationship, I think. <laughs> <laughs> See, I t- you know, it's been a great run on Analog. What episode is this? 196. We couldn't quite make it to 200. Oh, man, we're pretty close to 200. That's nice. That's not oh, going to be for a while, though. All right, so so that is a, a long but but excellent segue. So you have been boosted. You got boosted yesterday? Boosted! That's the boosted. best I could do. That yeah. really was, that was actual, I wasn't, that's how it came out, which is sad, really. <laughs> so you got boosted, what, uh, yesterday as we record this? Yesterday evening, yeah. Mm. And so you, what was your first two doses, and did you do the same or something different for your I'm boost? I'm all Pfizer all the time. Okay, okay. So I got boosted a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, um, and I did my first two with Moderna, and then I elected to do Pfizer uh, to get the boost because there are some reports that if you mix and match, you get like a marginally better result, so they say, asterisk, dagger, double dagger. My understanding, I mean, and look, nobody really knows anything, I feel like, but <laughs> Truth. my understanding was it was best to mix and match if you had different vaccine technologies, Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like if you got Johnson & Johnson or sure. AstraZeneca, then it made sense to then get an mRNA mm-hmm. as your booster. Mm-hmm. But who yep. knows? Maybe it helps. Pfizer's pretty dominant here. So like it's just the one that people tend to... You can get Moderna, but it's less um, It's less likely. Most people get Pfizer here, I think, at this point. Gotcha. So uh, yeah, so I did my first two on Moderna and my, and my last one on Pfizer. And by a complete happy accident, I went and got my booster at about 1030 in the morning, give or take a little bit. 
And that meant 12 hours later, which tends to be in my anecdotal experience about when things start to take a turn. So 12 hours later was about 1030 in the evening and I was asleep at that point. And so I had a really terrible night's sleep that that first night after I got boosted. But that was considerably better than after my second jab, you know, a few months ago when I felt like garbage all day the next day. So I actually felt mostly all right. And I wish I could tell you that was completely deliberate. It was not. It was just a purely happy accident that I scheduled it 12 hours before I was asleep. Mm. But um, but yeah, I feel for you. So if this is a short episode, um, we could blame Mike, but we're not because he's doing the right thing and getting his vaccines, getting his boost. So mm-hmm. we're going to blame everyone. We're going to blame me. We're going to blame Mike. It's it's just a group effort if we if we run short. Now, if the, if the show ends, it's because of our fight about F1 that's forthcoming. But, yep. it, but if it's a short show, that's everybody's fault. Things are heating up again, man. Yeah, things are heating up. Uh, I don't know how it is in the UK. I'm I'm both like very online and trying not to be online at all. We've in the last two days, we have consecutively hit our biggest infection day and then beat it. Oh, cool! Ever, ever. That's super fun. So you know, it's a bit tricky right now. Like Omicron is doing its thing, and uh, mm-hmm. it's. Mostly England, I think London, uh, particularly. I mean, it's very possible that that we will hit a hundred thousand cases today. Like today, mm. it's this definitely. I think whatever you know, whatever it is, this this is definitely more contagious. Yeah. Um. You know, that could be a really bad thing or just a kind of bad thing. You know, like we don't mm-hmm. we don't really know yet. You know, like. More people having coronavirus doesn't necessarily mean we're all gonna die, you know, which I think is a <laughs> a, a definite thing that I think a, a long a lot of people can feel because we spoke about this on the show before, right? Like it can sometimes I think be hard to decouple this time last year, say, and now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which were quite different. Like and, and like the vaccines are different, the treatments are different, you know, if you do get it, like there are treatments now. So who knows, right? Like we really don't know. And I'm trying to keep that outlook. I, I don't like the feeling of impending doom that seems to be settling in here a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that there's something to be said for that impending doom, meaning that lots of people are getting jabs now. So like there could be an element of like, let's lean in to the impending doom. I think, <laughs> you know, like I, th- I think that there is a, there is something to be said for that. Because like it, we were looking at this yesterday, like Adina was showing me, like we did, I don't know, it was like seven hundred thousand uh, boosters yesterday. Um, nice. The the government are aiming for a million a day by the end of the week, which seems possible. But we were looking and like there was something like forty thousand people got their first jab yesterday, and it's like I think it's great that we that like that happened, you know, like there were forty thousand people that previously didn't want any of them. Yep, yep, yep. And they've now been convinced to get it. So that's good. I mean, who knows? Like, there is going to be a certain point where this just becomes part of life, right? Like, mm-hmm. all of the other things that we have. You know, like, I don't want to be, like, you know, you know, again, listen to what I'm saying, not what I'm not, not what I'm not. Like, we <laughs> influenza, like, flu does not do, like, this does, you know, we don't shut down the world and and but that was a you know we've learned to live with that and people can handle it and we can deal with it by and large 
there's going to be yep, a certain yep. point where that happens for coronavirus, but we're not there yet. And it's just, and I, and I don't know when it's going to be, but I hope it happens sooner rather than later. I don't know. But like, it's, we're just, I don't know. It's, it feels like an awkward time again, which is such a shame. Yeah. So, um, the, the, the memory I have of the beginning or maybe not the beginning, but like when things took a turn in, in like March ish of 2020, the memory I have of it was the NBA shut down or like stopped a game or two. I forget the specifics, but something happened with basketball. The NBA got called off. Formula one got called off. Tom yeah. Hanks got COVID and then, and then Trump put in the first travel ban. That was all in one day. Yep. And so that day it was like, oh, holy smokes, this is the real deal. And just a couple of days back, uh, Cornell University, which is one of the Ivy League universities here in the States who fancy themselves the most important and certainly some of the older universities here, uh, they shut down because they had this absolute explosion of, uh, what is it, Omicron? I always pronounce it wrong. Aaron has been making fun of me justifiably because I originally called it Omicron and there's there's no N in there. So I thought it was called Omicron. Okay, first, so it wasn't just and me. that's what I okay. was calling it. And then I saw, I wish I remember who tweeted this now, but I don't remember. It might have been Dieter Bone, I think, who said, I've spoken to 12 people today and every single one of them has pronounced it differently. <laughs> and there is actually, see, no one can really make fun of you. If you say Omnicron, they can, but like me, because that's wrong. But there is actually, I believe, no official way of pronouncing this word. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> well, so apologies if either of us butcher it. Uh, it's called Bazell, you see. Uh, but anyways, uh, oh, so oh, yeah. So, oh, Micron. Uh, oh, Micron. Oh, oh Micron. Micron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever happened to Micron? They used to make like memory and I think even computers way, way oh. back in the day. Eh, it doesn't Micron. matter. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so Omicron is uh, is starting to heat up here. And in Cornell, just a couple of days ago, as we record, uh, they shut down uh, because of uh, uh, Omicron. And and that started to feel like, uh-oh, uh-oh. It's it's the, the we're we're getting real deja vu here. This is feeling too familiar. Here's the thing that I will say, you know, because I don't know, right? But like, I don't know. I'm just saying we're just here. We're just talking. I think that there is with things like that. There is just this idea where people were just using an abundance of caution. Yep. Right. And they're just like, we don't know what this is going to be. We don't want to get ourselves in a situation we don't want to be in. So we're just going to shut down. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, mean, I don't think that's necessarily unfair. Like it's unfortunate we're still doing this almost two years on, but yeah. I mean, the, the alternative is potentially a lot worse. So I don't mm. know. I, I tend to be chicken little when it comes to all these things. So I'm maybe not the best judge. Yeah. I've been worried about you, honestly. Well, yeah, I know. I think of all of, well, I have one other friend who I worry about too, but, um, I was a little bit worried about, uh, you, and how you were going to be dealing with things maybe getting worse because you've been a you've been a little bit of a as you say chicken little. <laughs> I've been a little nervous. Yeah. Um. I I I think that's fair. First of all, and I appreciate that. Um. I, I what's giving me hope is that a we don't really know anything, which in a way is kind of nice because yes, that could mean that we're all going to die, but mm, quite possibly it means that it may not be that bad at all. And I'm trying trying to be optimistic. Um, certainly I think the, the only reports, fair thing to say right now is all we know is that this variant is more contagious. That's all we yes. know. Is mm -hmm. that like well for sure it's definitely more contagious because we are seeing it here. Like yeah, that's a, things that's a good have point. heated up a lot and we have very good genome sequencing here so we can tell that it's Omicron. Like we can, in the tests, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. we're able to pull that apart and we know that it's this variant. It's the same way that we were able to detect the other variants, right? Right. Um, and so 
we know it's more contagious. Outside of that, I don't think it's known right now. Yeah, and and the hints that I've been seeing, like people seem to think, they're not sure, but they seem to think that, yes, it is way more contagious, but especially if you're vaccinated, it doesn't seem to be quite so devastating. Like Mm -hmm. nobody knows this for sure, but that's the initial indications. And I'm trying to find solace in that. And the other thing that I'm finding solace in, which I forgot to mention earlier, is that Declan is, as of today, I believe, actually, Fully vaccinated. So he has had both of his shots. Um, The first one was a mess. I think we talked about it last episode. Uh, The first one was a mess, but the second one was much better, which I was very thankful for. Um, And I'm pretty sure today is two weeks from the the second shot. So he is fully vaccinated. And that gives me quite a bit of, um, uh, well, I'm obviously not out of the woodwork, but it gives me quite a bit of peace of mind, um, especially since. Is there a plan for Michaela? Like, is there a, a path? (laughs) <laughs> so that's the thing, right? Is that sitting here now, she is too young, right? So she turns four okay. next month. Uh, in fact, she'll probably turn four right after our next recording, I believe. Um, and because of that, she's still well under the five, five-year-old cutoff, right? So, okay, like, or, excuse me. All right. Right. So Declan was, a, was eligible once it became five and older. And so mm-hmm. now... 2022 for the List family is going to be a race between Michaela eventually turning five, which is actually, you know, the first couple of weeks of 2023, Uh and them approving a vaccine for whichever's first, right? Exactly. And so I really will be, I I really, sitting here now, I really think I'm going to feel a trillion times better once she's vaccinated. Like I'll probably still be a chicken little. I guarantee you, you won't. (laughs) Won't feel better or won't be chicken little? Won't feel, you're not going to feel better. Every, you know, like you, maybe you'll feel a bit better. Maybe a bit. You're still going to worry is what I'm trying to say. I'm still going to worry. Yeah, Yeah, you're still going to worry. And not that you shouldn't worry. Everyone worries. But like, I wouldn't, what I'm trying to do is like, help set your expectations here. Like, that's not going to be the silver <laughs> bullet for you not to care about this. No, it isn't. But it will make me feel quite a bit better. And and that's what I'm going to stick with. But um, but yeah, I I... I'm I'm feeling okay about uh, Omicron right now. I'm not feeling stupendous. Um, the current thing on my mind is that, and this is something uh, we can talk about uh, a little bit later, but we have some holiday plans that are different than last year. Mm. And so that, I think we're doing it as intelligently as we can, but yet it's still making me nervous. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But all in all, we're just keep on keeping on trying not to do things that are just completely and utterly stupid, you know, other than potentially the holidays. We'll see how that turns out. Um, But we're trying to do what we can and trying to live our lives as much as we think is reasonable. Like we're certainly way more out in the world now than we were six months ago, but we're still not out in the world much compared to most of our peers. So I don't know. We're doing the best we can. So I'm sleepy because of my jet lag. Mm-hmm. You know, if only there was a chemical you could you could like ingest or imbibe in order to make you feel yep. better. There is a one actually. Let me tell you about a great place to get it, and that's Trade. Look, we get almost everything delivered to us these days. Why should coffee be any different? Let Trade bring the very best coffee right to your front door. The journey to your perfect cup starts with taking their coffee quiz. Whether you use a French press, automatic drip, or you're more of a cold brew person, your answers will allow Trade to pair you with the perfect coffee to fit your taste. Trade will match you to coffees that you'll love from over 400 craft coffee roasters and will send you a freshly roasted bag as often as you'd like. 
Trade guarantees you'll love your first match. On the off chance that you don't, they'll replace it with a different bag for free. And you give them feedback as you sip, and then as your preferences evolve, your coffee matches will too, because Trade will learn more about you and will be able to give you even more stuff that you're going to love. Plus, you'll feel good about each cup since Trade partners of 55 small US-based roasters who are committed to ethical and sustainable sourcing, which I consider to be an incredibly important thing when it comes to coffee. And that's one of the things I love about trade. I love their questionnaire, though. The questionnaire is so simple, which I enjoyed. I know that the more I started to get into coffee, I was getting like quite um, put off by some of the questions that people would ask me in some nice coffee shops and stuff because I didn't really know my preferences. But trade's quiz is really simple. And then the more, as you said, the more that you try with them and the more questions you answer, not only are you teaching them about what you like, you are learning more about what you like. And then when you find yourself in situations where you might want to order something in the future, you know a little bit more about the taste profiles. Like for me, uh, I prefer chocolatey taste profiles uh, than say like more fruity ones. And this is just one of the very simple things that I I learned from going through these processes that's really helped me understand more about coffee and what I like to drink. So Trade Coffee is super awesome. They sent me some really great stuff and I really, really loved it. And I'm very confident you will too. For, even for convenience alone, it's fantastic, but you also get great quality stuff. For analog listeners, right now, Trade is offering your first bag for free and $5 off your bundle at checkout. To get yours, go to drinktrade.com analog and use the promo code analog. Take the quiz to start your journey to the perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com analog, promo code analog, and you will get your first bag free and $5 off your bundle. And this holiday season, give the coffee lover in your life the gift of better coffee too with their very own personalized gift coffee subscription from Trade. This is a great idea. Our thanks to Trade for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I was talking just a moment ago about holiday plans, and I think it's worth briefly discussing what our intentions are. Um, so right now it's midway through December as we record this. And uh, and we're the List family is going to be seeing family for like more than we have in forever. Actually, probably right. more family and more in in more time with them than we have in two plus years. So what does that what does that look like? What does that mean? So so what it means is both of my brothers and their respective families, which are, you know, there's different amounts of family between them and my parents and, and my family are all getting together at my parents' house. Um, that is a lot of people. However, every single person that is eligible to be vaccinated is fully vaccinated. So that's giving me some amount of relief and mm -hmm. I'm hopeful, remind me of this in a month, but I'm hopeful that means everything will be all right. Um, but yeah, it's going to be all of us in one house for like two days, which is considerably more together than I've been with really almost anyone except just my parents in two plus years. And that sounds great. I, I mean, well, so leaving the, um, the Omicron thing aside, the, Oh, Micron thing aside, oh. um, I'm, I am oh, so, micron. Oh, I'm so, I'm so incredibly <laughs> there you excited. Go. This, I got it now. Uh, <laughs> we're back in better than ever, baby. That's uh, it. Nailed it. Every time I hear uh, Omicron for the rest of my life, I'm going to think, Oh, oh. Micron. <laughs> Which is actually probably for the best. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so yeah, so I'm going to be seeing both of my brothers. So I saw, so I'm the eldest of three boys and um, the youngest Brady, I had seen briefly, geez, when was it? A few months ago. Um, and when he was transitioning, he was moving from, he and his partner at this point had, were moving from Southern California to New Hampshire and they flew into uh, Central Virginia to, you know, kind of see everyone and then drive the rest of the way up to New Hampshire. 
And so I saw them, he and, he and his long-term girlfriend, um, and I saw them for a couple of days. Or No, it was, I think, a day, which was great, and it was so nice. Um, my middle brother, Adam, he, in his family, he has three kids, um, including a very new baby. Uh, they moved also from Southern California to North Carolina, which is a state directly below us. Um, and it, for various uninteresting reasons, we just haven't had a chance to go visit them or them come to us or whatever the case may be since they moved in the summertime. So this will be the first time I've seen Adam. And uh, yes, yeah, it'll be the first time I've seen Adam since the last WWDC. Cause what I would typically do Damn. is I would fly wow. to Southern California the day before mm-hmm. WWDC. So the Saturday before spend the night with Adam and, and his wife and kids. And then Brady would come up from San Diego where he was and he would, you know, spend the night. We would all get together for a night, um, before WWDC. But that's the last time I've seen Adam. So uh, I and, and, and his family, and so I am leaving. The, oh, Micron, leaving oh. that aside, I am so unbelievably excited to that's see great. my brothers. That's and, really and, great. Know, we, and we see our my parents semi frequently, like once mm-hmm. every month or two. But still, I haven't. I, I'm so excited to see my family. But now there's this like specter, right? Of well, is this a good idea? Am I making a mistake? Are we okay? And so I'm hopeful that. It'll all work out. I'm hopeful that you know we're we're on we're we're in front of the Omicron wave, and oh. I'm hopeful that we don't regret this. But sitting here now, optimistic and ignorant, uh, I'm super freaking pumped. What are your plans? Going to Romania on nice. I don't know when Sunday. I don't know when <laughs> we were supposed to have got, be there by now. We moved it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, we moved it by a few days. Like we, the reason we're recording, we're recording this slightly late than we usually would, was because I was supposed, to, we were supposed to be in Bucharest now, uh, doing it, but we moved it. it. It was, we were ambitious to think that we could arrive back from two and a half weeks in America and then three days later go to Romania. Um, so we we left it like I don't know, it's like five days or something. I don't know when we're going. I haven't started packing, but I'll get there at some point. <laughs> we were going to be there for like a week and a half, like ten days or something. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's it is you know like you right? Like I have I have a sense of nervousness. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to Europe right now, Romania is in a very good shape. Oh, COVID wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a real bad wave uh, a couple of months ago, um, and I am I have a concern uh, about what O is going to do to <laughs> Romania, but I don't think it's really hit them yet, and I think it will over the holiday season. So we're going to keep our heads down while we're there yeah. um, and do the best that we can, because the concern is if we don't go now, it could be quite a while. Yep, yep. So we, you know, we'll talk about it in a bit. But I have this level of confidence in that we we did a very big trip and we did lots of stuff and we're fine. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so you know, I feel like that there is still a path where you can be safe if you pay attention. You're not completely covered, but we're going to do everything that we possibly can and get out of this trip what is needed, which is seeing family. Yeah, I, I totally hear you. And and that's the thing, like for my experience, we're going to be spending, I think, two nights with my parents. And 
granted, there will be a bunch of people in the same house breathing the same air, like full stop. I know that that is on paper without question risky, but Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to be leaving the house in any meaningful way. Like we might go on walks around the neighborhood or something like that, but it's not like we're all going to like a concert together. You know what I mean? Or something like that. It's if, if something happens as a result of this trip, it's because one of us brought it in Mm -hmm. and somebody in the chat asked, you know, why don't you test? Well, you can get a test around here, uh, but it's not easy. I am very jealous of the UK. Who Unbelievable. Is, my understanding is you guys are issuing tests like at every street corner, and I'm super jealous of it. Uh, it's, you, uh, tests are free, like, <sighs> like uh, lateral flow tests, uh, and I think they're called antigens in America. You can get them yeah. for free, basically. Mm. Uh, and it's just like they're very, very available. Um, and you can pay money and get different types of tests. You can pay sure, money sure. and get different speeds of tests. Um, but it's very available here. And honestly, I do not understand why other countries, especially a country like America, cannot do this. Because we're dumb. But I agree with you a thousand percent. It's disgraceful, I think. It really is. I should be offended by that, but I actually completely agree with you. It is really too bad. And and it would make me feel a lot better if we could all like, I think we could all get our hands on tests, but then it's the, then it becomes a new like political problem. I still think it's important to note that like the UK always looks like it's in a very bad situation, but we test so many mm, people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every single day. Like we test about a million people a day in this country. So yeah, we find we have, we have very high COVID infection rates, but I just personally, I just wish that every country in the world tested to the same level of population that we do every single day. Oh, completely I think agree. the picture would be quite different. But that's my own little soapbox there because people are always like, oh, you're so bad over there. And it's like, I, I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't know if it is as uh, if we are much different to everywhere else in the world, but we just test and report differently. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And that, and the thing is, like, we before anyone writes in, like, you can acquire tests in the U.S. It is doable. You have to pay for it, generally speaking, but it is doable. Um, the problem, though, is that then it becomes this political th- thing where, like, if I'm willing to test my kids, but, like, if Adam wasn't willing to test his kids because they're all much younger, don't understand, et cetera, then, like, it, you know, if, if, if everyone going to this event isn't tested, then like, what does it really matter at that point? Right. Like, you know, we're all rolling the dice, no matter how you, no matter how you slice it. But nevertheless, I am excited. Like, leaving all that aside, remind me of this in a month sitting here now, ignorant is, is lists. I am super excited to see everyone. And I'm really hopeful it'll be a good time. But, uh, on the, on the plus side, we know of a couple of things that are always a good time. It's a good time to go on vacation, but even more than that, it's a good time when you're aware of problems early and are you before jealous of they me? become an issue. Oh God, that, I'm so that jealous. I got to do a, a, a segue, that I did the trade segue, and now you I were know. like trying reaching, maybe harder than you've so hard. ever tried to, <laughs> to segue into talking about our incredible friends over at Pingdom mm-hmm. from SolarWinds. Today's internet users expect a fast web experience. No matter how targeted your marketing content or how sleek your website might be, people are going to leave if a page is loading too slowly or not at all. But with real user monitoring from Pingdom, you can discover how your website performance affects your visitors' experiences so you can take action before your business is impacted or for as low as $10 a month. Whether your visitors are dispersed around the world or across borders, devices, and platforms, Pingdom helps you identify bottlenecks, troubleshoot performance, and make informed optimizations. Real user monitoring is an event-based solution, so it's built for scalability. That means you can monitor millions of page views, not just sample data and affordable price. 
Get live site performance visibility today with real user monitoring from Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to buy, use the code analog at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and RelayFM. So I have to confess, when you asked me a moment ago if I was jealous, I thought you were talking about your vacation. And let me make it abundantly obvious right now. I am deeply jealous of your vacation. But no, I am also jealous of that sweet, sweet segue into trade coffee earlier. So uh, yes, I'm jealous no matter how you slice it. I'm just green all over the place. But I would love to know, Mike, what... What is it like to take a vacation? Because that's not something I've really been able to do in the in the way. Well, that's not fair. We've, the family has taken a vacation, but Aaron and I have not taken a vacation in like three years. So mm-hmm. what's a vacation like, Mike? Is it fun? I don't it's even great. remember. It's very great. I, we had a fantastic time. What'd you do? Uh, we decided that we were going to redo our two favorite vacations ever, which was going to uh, L.A., which included Beverly Hills, Orange County, and uh, Disneyland, and Hawaii. So we were away for two and a half weeks. We did a few days in Beverly Hills, then we went out to Maui for a week, came back, and then uh, we spent a couple of days in Orange County, and then a couple of days in Anaheim going to Disneyland. Mm, That is... That is the real deal. I am so good, genuinely man. so, so jealous. Like as much as I snark on Disneyland, which I do more than I should, it is a magical, magical place. And as much as I snark on California, which I do, mm-hmm. I really like California, particularly, I actually really, really like Southern California, which I know is academically like the quote unquote wrong answer. Like everyone's supposed to hate LA and love San Francisco. And I, I love actually LA. feel the opposite. I do too. I really honestly do. I don't know if I'd say LA specifically, but like that, that part of yeah, California, yeah, yeah. like yeah. So yep, yep. The, the larger LA area, you know, um, we, we really like it there a lot. Yeah. You moving? Oh, that's you know, a I've been stunningly thinking, long silence. I don't even know what to make this of this. <laughs> a lot, especially like on this trip. Like there mm-hmm. are these places around the world that I really enjoy. I don't think my home will ever not be the United Kingdom. That's fair. That's fair. What you need is a vacation home in California, since it's so affordable there. Well, Casey, genuinely what I really want now, I've set a uh, dream life goal of a vacation mm-hmm. home on Maui. Oh, good luck. You're going to yeah. need to well, make I said a it's a dream money. life goal. <laughs> yeah, because I think... Ma- Maybe I, a timeshare would do, but nevertheless, yeah, right. <laughs> right, I don't right, right. care. That's my dream life goal now. No, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on that. Town Spotify. Hey, Spotify. <laughs> come on I'm Maui. Come I'm on. telling Steven on you uh, uh, you know it, it, I feel like and I've never been to Hawaii and I want to go so badly it's the best um, place but, in the world man but I've I've un- my under my limited understanding of Hawaii is they look at LA and, and San Francisco and go ha look at how cheap it is to live there you know <laughs> like it is it is from what I understand exorbitantly expensive to to do anything in, in Hawaii and I guess we'll talk about that in a minute but I am I am super jealous of this trip I am super jealous I am overjoyed like unselfishly anyway I am overjoyed that the two of you were able to take this trip because mm-hmm. I know that you in particular have been working yourself to the bone for the last year <laughs> and a half two years <laughs> I was very a very tightly coiled spring Yes, indeed. And and I think that you more than like as much as I lament not having had a real vacation in three years, I feel like I don't know how to say this gently, like my last three years have been tough, 
but I think in many ways have been less tough than your last two years. Not that it's like a competition. I'm just saying like, even though I think I, well, Aaron and me deserve yeah. a vacation pretty, yeah. pretty good. Uh, I think you really deserved a vacation. The both of you did. And so I am so happy. I, I'm so happy. I don't disagree with you. Like we had a pretty tough time personally before COVID uh, and then all of that stuff and then trying to navigate business waters uh, through this period of time has been really yeah. hard. And I work pretty much every day generally um, and did not take time off like this you know, I, I'm sure people get sick of me saying it at this point, but like th this was my first actual break since January 2020, since we did the LA trip. It's like one of the reasons mm -hmm. we wanted to do that one was like it felt like a book ending. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, like I know we've got our good friend, oh, that we're dealing with now. <laughs> but to me personally, I feel like that time of 2020. That was 18 months. That's a time that's ended. And we're now in a different thing. But like, I'm in a, you know, even with everything going on, I'm, I've am i changed what I'm willing to do. Yeah, you know? sure, sure, sure. And so go, taking those two trips to, you know, spending time in Beverly Hills, it was great. We actually stayed in the same room. Oh, really? They put us in the same room, which is kind was of incredible. Was that circumstance or was that deliberate? I don't, the 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 person at the check in desk told us that they were doing it. Like he says, "Oh, we're oh, gonna put awesome. you in the same room as last time you were here," <laughs> which is also cool. just like really nice. Like I would just say, if one has the means, the <laughs> Beverly Hills Hotel is my favorite hotel in the world. Really, what makes yeah. it so much better than everywhere it's else? It's like Disneyland for adults. Uh, oh well, see, so I thought that was Las Vegas, but apparently not. <laughs> no, because it's different. Like they really like look after you in a way that I haven't experienced in other hotels. Plus it is a, like you could just stay in the hotel. It's small, but it feels like a resort. Like mm -hmm. they have three places you can eat and they're all excellent. And the room service menu is the most complete room service menu that I've ever experienced. It's super good. Um, their pool is awesome and you come across just the most wild people there. Like the conversations that you just overhear are just the people watching is the best. Oh, uh, I'm sold. I'm in. Like the people watching at the Beverly Hills hotel is, is just bananas. It's so good. Uh, and I, I mentioned this on upgrade plus, but like, you know, you, you have the opportunity if it is such a thing to, uh, run into people that while we were there, Kim Kardashian had lunch in the diner in the hotel. We weren't there. We were in the hotel but we were not in the room, mm -hmm. which was great because that room holds about 10, 12 people. I would That's not bananas. want to be in a room that small with someone that famous. I would be yeah, too uncomfortable. Uh, but yeah, it's my like it's the best hotel, man. It's so good. Everything's so lovely there. Like We just adore it. So That's awesome. I could imagine us going back there probably in 2022, genuinely. Like We'll see. Flying on Thanksgiving was an absolute 100% pro move. <laughs> it was an accident. We didn't know when we booked yeah. it. When we booked the trip, we weren't paying attention. The plane, on the plane, we had a Thanksgiving dinner, uh, which British Airways offered, which was awesome. And the an LAX, when we landed, was empty. 
That's amazing. I have never gone through customs and immigration as in America as fast as I did. We just walked straight <laughs> up to the gate. Impossible. As a foreigner, impossible. Impossible. I've waited hours, like two hours I've waited in these lines. But yeah, other mm-hmm. than like, and as well, just the entire airport was just completely empty. It was awesome. That's so awesome. Which, by the way, privately, and, and I, I don't think this will be posted publicly, but privately you had sent me, or maybe Adina had sent me pictures of your Thanksgiving dinner. And given that you were on a tube two miles, what, five miles in, in the air, that was an incredibly impressive Thanksgiving dinner. I mm-hmm. was very pleased. I, I looked quite tasty. Yeah, it was like, turkey and stuffing and uh, sweet potato mash and pumpkin pie. So that was awesome. Uh, Obviously, Hawaii was amazing. We did hit a bit of a weird storm while we were there, so we lost like a day, but that was a fun experience in and of itself. Uh, Like, there's just tons of rain. We just had tons Mm -hmm. of rain while we were there. Um, What else? And then uh, Disneyland. We did like two... We did like one full day and two half days at Disneyland, um, mostly with the Sparks family too, which was great. Yeah, I got to see Jason Snell, Austin mm. Evans, and David Sparks on that trip too, which also was just amazing. Getting to see friends again. My friends exist. Yeah, they do exist. Who knew? They're not just voices in your ears. They're, they're, they're really there. Now, I am so jealous of this trip. I, I am jealous of you going to Disneyland, even though the thought of crowds of that size gives me the willies. I'm still jealous. I'm jealous of your experience at the Beverly Hills Hotel, which, quick aside, you have not had the occasion to go to Palm Springs, have you? No. So Palm Springs, I've only been once. It was for a wedding uh, for some very dear friends of ours. Um, but it was it. So Palm Springs is this like random oasis, kind of Vegas like in this regard, a random oasis in the middle of nowhere, California. I think the I think Coachella, that Coachella festival happens near there. God, I sound old. Oh, anyway, okay. uh, I think Coachella happens near there. But um, it was very it was a very odd experience when we went because it was just Aaron and me. And there's not really all that much to do there other than just kind of like sit by the pool and do nothing, which, it, which for two, well, I, I won't describe Aaron as neurotic, but as a neurotic person, just sitting is not something I do well, even on vacation yet. When we were there, we just kind of sat and read by the pool and like, got it, you know, went out to eat and that was about it. And let me tell yeah, you, that Hills is actually, experience. that that is pretty delightful. If you can embrace it, it is actually yeah. quite delightful. So, um, yeah, I, I, I wonder if you ever have the occasion to go to Palm Springs, if you would have maybe not as good an experience, but a similar experience there. Cause it, it the way you describe the Beverly Hills hotel particularly remi- reminds me of that. Did you do any fun excursions? I mean, obviously Disneyland, which is super fun, especially when you have the Sparks family to lead you around. But did you do any fun excursions perhaps in Hawaii or was it mostly just sitting and relaxing? Uh, it was mostly relaxing. We went to the aquarium, which wasn't that much of a thing. Plus, it was raining that day, and most of the aquarium mm. was outside, which is hilarious, no. really. It was a lot Whoops. of beach time, a lot of time in the ocean. Um, some simple snorkeling, lots of good meals, and I didn't hurt myself in any way, which was awesome. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that, because you, you really tore up your ankle. Is that right, last time? I sprained my ankle real bad when we, on mm. our honeymoon. We went back to that restaurant, but they'd since changed the road. Like it's an actual paved road now. Before it was like just like a basically a dirt path. Um, it changed a lot the area that we were in from uh, time to time. Like there were oh, much right? more restaurants and stuff, which was really cool. So yeah, we did what the kind of thing that we like to do, which is just relax and eat really good food for like. I mean, we did that basically for two and a half weeks. It sounds terrible. Uh, no, that, that sounds amazing, and I'm very jealous. 
Yeah, this is what you get to do. Like, if you don't take vacations for a year and a half and you put all that money away, you can blow it on one big vacation. Yeah, there's something to be said for that. Uh, what makes Hawaii, you said earlier, it's your favorite place on earth. And I, mm-hmm. I'm not here to argue with you. And I know many people who would probably say the same thing. What makes it so great? Is it simply the scenery? Is it the people? Is it the food? Is it all the above? Some of the above? None of the above? It's yes. And also like an intangible quality that Hawaii has of just... okay. Everyone that you that I encounter there just seems so relaxed. Like people are relaxed. And that relaxes you. Mm-hmm. And I really like a lot of the things that I've experienced in Hawaiian culture. I, I like the way that they think. You know, like for example, this this rain that was coming was like a it was a big storm and was going to produce a ton of rain, like a obscene amount of rain, especially for, for where we were in Maui. Mm-hmm. And when we would talk to the people that live there, they were all thankful for it. Oh, okay. Because it meant that, th- that they were going to get rain, which they don't get. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know, just the way that people talk there, like, you know, they're very, they're very in tune with nature in a way that I enjoy too, where it's kind of like that the way that they would talk about it is kind of like, we need the rain and this is what nature is giving us. So we're thankful for that. And it's like, Oh, that's awesome. I can understand that. And I agree with that. And I like it. Yeah. There's just something about the culture that I I, really gels with me. And, you know, in a way that I think it does with a lot of people, it's a place that I think is not too hard to be happy in. (laughs) See, I feel that way about like Disney world. And I'm not trying to argue with you about Hawaii by any means. But you can't live there. No, not in the way that you're talking about. Certainly not. And that actually brings me, uh, that's a perfect segue, which you didn't plan. Um, do you think, so money, no object, like let's, let's Mm. assume you had an infinite pot of gold. Would you like do summers or perhaps winters in Hawaii every year? Like, is that something that if you could afford it, you would think about dream, dream goal. Remember like dream goal, dream Mm -hmm, goal mm -hmm. is like three months a year or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and like it would probably be our winter. That would be my dream. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What I also like about Hawaii is how far away it is from everyone and everything. So people can't bother me. <laughs> Fair. The time zone makes it so complicated, basically, for anyone to get a hold of you. Well, which is a feature, not a bug. So it, exactly. it is how far behind Pacific time? It's three hours, two, two hours? Two hours. Okay. Two more hours behind Pacific time. Okay. That's, that's a significant difference. So when was, when was like, I don't know if you were paying any, any attention to like Twitter, for example, but when was Twitter popping off while you were in Hawaii? Was that like I overnight? I really was looking it? at it. Oh, good answer. All right, fair enough. I, I want to argue, I want to like poke even more, but no, that's a great answer. I yeah. have nothing. I have no further questions, Your Honor. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have been able to tell you a pattern because I wasn't looking consistently, so... So when you're sitting at the beach, are you people watching? Are you reading? Because I, I and I ask because I know you're not typically much of a reader, but perhaps you are on vacation. What what are you typically uh, doing when you're just on the beach? I like to think that I will read things, but what I actually just do, I just sit there and look. Like I, I'm not really doing anything. I just sit <laughs> and look. Um, and the scenery is incredible. Like you could just look, I just like looking out onto the ocean mm-hmm. and looking out at the mountains that are visible and, you know, and then a lot of the time, I, a lot of time I spend in the ocean. Um, it was the very beginning of whale season in Maui. We didn't see any, it's difficult to see them, but put your head on the water and you can hear them. And that was oh, that's incredible. Wild. It was incredible. 
You know, that's and every now and wild. then, like uh, a sea turtle swims up towards the uh, the shore, and you can like watch them swim along. And you know, if you're in the ocean, you can like stand close to them. You don't touch them, but you can stand close to them. And you can see them, which is amazing. We would have done snorkeling again, which was when we went snorkeling uh, on our honeymoon. It was one of my like the best things I've ever done in my life. But unfortunately, the the rain meant the water wouldn't have been clear enough. They were still doing it, but we decided not to do it because we didn't want to like have a worse experience than the one we remembered. So it's like, oh, we'll get it next time. We'd always said that we would go back to Hawaii for our fifth anniversary. And then we just sneaked this one in because we felt like we deserved it. Uh, so we'll probably, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully go back uh, in a year and a half or something. That that's super awesome. Yeah, our fifteenth is next year, and that feels I like have, a good Hawaii vacation. Well, yeah, well, one would think, but for various, mostly uninteresting reasons, it's not probably in the cards. Not only because of oh, Micron and the like, oh. but you know, we yeah, I'd love to be able to take a trip, just Aaron and me, and when we don't really have anyone that can watch our kids for like a week, you know. Mm. So for COVID, like Hawaii is amazing. Th- their rules are so well enforced there and they have like their whole system and it's complicated but it means that you feel comfortable when you're there yeah so what what was the testing scenario like you don't have to give me the absolute blow by mm. blow but but it just in brief what was the testing scenario getting in and out of both the united states and hawaii i mean we snuck in before omicron right right so right, omicron right. hit when we were in beverly hills that was when the news began Okay. So for us, all we had to do was just get a test within seventy, within three days of leaving, like a PCR test. Now mm. you have to do it within twenty four hours, which I don't even know if that's possible. So like, it's comp- much more complicated. All we needed was that one test to get in, and then we could we were fine until we left. Although gotcha. the rules for getting back into the United Kingdom changed, and we had to get an antigen test and then a PCR test when we got home. We would have done mm. the PCR test at home anyway, because of course. Um, but we had to get like a lateral flow antigen test that was observed before we could leave, which was fine. It was complicated because we had to find somewhere that would do that. And America's hard. Uh, yep. So we, especially if you don't have a car, uh, feels like a, oh, a lot of your true. testing is yeah, driving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We walked up to a drive-in place and they looked very confused. Um, but, you know, like it's, it's, it's possible, but it's not easy and it's not cheap. It's actually expensive. Your system is so screwed up. It's Uh, terrible. And so, you know, our rules changed, but it was fine. And then we took a bunch of uh, lateral flow tests with us and we would test ourselves every couple of days as we do here at home anyway. Yeah, that's awesome. So good trip. Man, it was a trip of lifetimes. The best, best vacation I've ever taken. That's so awesome. I'm so happy for you. Which was the plan. The plan was have the best vacation you've ever had and we did it. Yep. That, that, that's so, so great. I am extremely, extremely jealous, but I am mm. also so incredibly happy for both you and Adina because I I'm know fine with that. Uh, <laughs> both of you deserved it so very much and, and I'm so happy for you. And, and I, I would like to file a formal complaint. However, I didn't want to pester either of you too much while you were overseas, but yeah. you've been back for how many days? Just ballpark, like a week or two? Uh, Just no, ballpark. Five days. Okay. So six days. You've been back about a week. I have received no boring slideshows of your vacation. I have received no look at do how much better my Instagram? life was. Uh, well, yes, I do. But well, still, I want, the, I want the special treatment, man. 
Come on, I, I don't do the show right. for fun. I do it so I get the special well, do treatment. You want, do you want my swimsuit photos? What are you looking oh, for? Oh, hell yeah, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Analog is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, they have got you covered. Squarespace combines cutting-edge design and world-class engineering to make it easier than ever to establish your home online and make your ideas a reality. Quite simply, Squarespace has everything that you need to create a beautiful and modern website. You start with one of their professionally designed templates and you use their incredible drag and drop tools to make it feel like your own. You're able to customize the look and feel, the settings and products that you have on sale and more with just a few clicks. And every single Squarespace website is optimized for all sizes of device automatically. There is nothing to patch or upgrade. You get free, unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, and dependable resources to help you succeed. They have an award-winning 24-7 customer support team. You can quickly and easily grab a unique domain name and also take advantage of SEO and email marketing tools to get your ideas out to the world. With Squarespace, you can promote your business, announce an event you've got coming up, publish your next blog post, show off your beautiful artwork of one of their incredible portfolios, or turn your next idea into a website. This is a great time of year to be thinking about new projects and new ideas. If you have something bubbling around in your mind, why not go set up a website for it? Go to squarespace.com analog for a free trial and you with no credit card required to do it. Then when you're ready to launch, you use the offer code analog and you can save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com analog. And then when you sign up, use the offer code analog and you'll get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the show. I thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. So I'm glad we ended the show on a happy note because now we got to argue with each other and the show will be over. So, yep. <laughs> and I'll let you decide if that means just this episode or the whole run. Uh, so we should talk F1. And, yeah, man. Uh, so mm, let, let me very briefly, briefly recap the season. So if you're not an F1 fan, there's been two real contenders all season long. The up-and-coming fellow Max Verstappen and the, the young the, lion, the, the young lion, and the comparatively older statesman, even though he's not an old man by any stretch, uh, Lewis Hamilton. Sir? And and Lewis, uh, sir, Lewis Hamilton. Sir Lewis yes, Hamilton, I'm sorry. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> I would like to just clear something up for people that are not aware. Uh, Lewis received his knighthood. He was already knighted. People think that he's now Sir Lewis Hamilton. He's been Sir Lewis Hamilton for a year. They just didn't have the presentation. He got, he, re- he received like the whole presentation from uh, Prince Charles, that kind of thing. So he was already Sir Lewis Hamilton. But he fair enough. He doesn't go by uh, like he doesn't insist. Some people insist that you call him Sir, but he has been Sir for a year. Fair enough. Okay, so Sir Lewis Hamilton and mm-hmm. the two of them throughout the season have been going back and forth, and both of them have had good luck they've had bad luck both of them i would are in just for again i'm I'm oversimplifying here but both of them have been the recipient of some good calls from the stewards which you Mm -hmm. know you could alternatively call like the referees if you will um there's been a whole bunch of drama they've both been kind of mean to each other they've both been kind of nice to each other although not that much i don't really agree with that (laughs) mostly lewis has been relatively nice to max and max has kind of been a jerk um well what else is max has received some formula like some pr training that has made him better in interviews but i think over my feeling overall is that he has been uh quite aggressive i don't don't agree with his driving sense i i think i can agree with that and so Going into the very last race of the year, they, by some 
stroke of luck, maybe genius if you're cynical, uh, they were tied in in points. And so you earn points for, you know, uh-huh. what place you finish a race. And they were absolutely to a half point tied. And so the last race was for all the marbles, right? And what I haven't said to Mike, because I wanted to say it on the show, is that for for the entire year, I've been pulling for Max. Because I really just like the idea of somebody not having won, what was it, this would have been the fifth consecutive uh, trophy for Lewis, Sir Lewis, is that right? No. I think. Oh, fifth, oh, consecutive, yeah, but it would have been his eighth overall cementing exactly. him as the greatest mm-hmm. of all time. Right, so. Which he already is, but this would have just been that last little mark that he would need. Sure, and I think he already is, but nevertheless. No, there's nothing he w- is. He's the most decorated. (laughs) So one way or another. So I I was really pulling for Max just because I thought it would be fun to have somebody else win. But uh, over the last month or so, uh, not that I was ever in love with Max Verstappen, because I wasn't, but I've really fallen even deeper out of love and borderline hate with Max Verstappen because he's such a jerk. He's just, he seems like (laughs) such a jerk. And so I have to confess that Although I didn't feel strongly about who would win the final race, I was kind of pulling for Lewis to win, which I think would surprise you. I think it would surprise you just a little bit because all year I've been very staunchly anti-Sir Lewis, but but I I was actually kind of pulling for Lewis to win. And so the race, um, Max Max had pole position, is that right? I believe. So he was going to start in the front, Mm -hmm. um, the beginning of the race. Uh, it ended up that Lewis, Sir Lewis had a phenomenal start and got in first place right away. And then there was a little bit of a kerfuffle wherein, depending on how you interpret it, uh, Lewis was forced or perhaps chose to kind of str- go straight through a corner. So st- instead of turning, he went off the track and went straight. And there was a little bit of, of, of arguments as to whether or not that's kind of cheating. And so one in F1, what you could do is you could, you could be told or, or compelled to give up your place. So even though Lewis remained in first place, because he kind of went straight through a turn, he could have been compelled to give up his first place. And he would have to slow down and let Max pass him. And he, and that did not happen. And I'm not really here to litigate one way or the other. Perhaps Mike is. That happened super early in the race, right? So I just say, Mm -hmm. I didn't see the final race. I was on a plane. I'm very happy Mm -hmm. actually that I didn't see the final race. I, I'm yeah. pleased that I did not see it because I think, yeah, I think it would have think made me even more angry and upset. <laughs> um, but my feeling is like, yeah, maybe that went a bit weird. But for it being lap one, that was a resolvable situation for Max. You know, like it is yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. Like that wasn't the end of the race. Um, and I mean, I'm completely biased towards Lewis, but. You know, Max likes to push people off the track so much that maybe it's every now and then it's not too bad if somebody gets an advantage out of it. Yeah, it, I, I can understand that. I actually personally felt like Lewis should have given up that place, but yeah. I, I could I could make a compelling argument that I'm wrong. Like I could make a compelling argument that that it was perfectly fine as it was decided. But anyway, so that was lap one uh, as per uh, Kate in the chat. And the rest of the race, it was fine. Like it was not terribly remarkable in my eyes, but it was fine. But a few that was like lap 54 or something like that toward the end, toward mm-hmm. the end, it ended up that, uh, Nicholas Latifi had an oops and spun out and hit the wall. And so now there was a situation where they absolutely had to bring out the safety car or an, or an American would call it a pace car. Uh, they had to bring out the safety car for some number of laps so they could clean up the, the debris and, and the, the wall on the edge of the track and so on and so forth. And, I'm trying to keep this brief because we don't have 17 hours to talk about it, but suffice to say there were several different options that, that the race control that the stewards could choose in order to complete the race. Like they could 
leave the, it was like three or four laps left or something like that. And they could leave the safety car out for the remainder of the race, which at that point, Lewis was in the lead. So Lewis would finish in the lead. He would be world champion, et cetera, et cetera. They could red flag the race, which I'll explain why that is important here in a moment, but they could red flag the race. Everyone gets a chance to stop, make a few changes, then bring the race back out once it's all cleared and you race for a couple of laps, like really race for a couple of laps. And that's that. Mm-hmm. Or they could do some like sort of intermediary thing, which is what they eventually ended up doing where they leave the safety car out, but try to pull it in as quickly as possible. But then you have this weird scenario where there were several, I think three or four cars in between, uh, in between Lewis and Max on the track that were cars that, that Lewis had lapped, but I guess Max hadn't yet, or whatever the case may be, the particulars don't really matter, but there were cars between them that really were at the back of the pack in terms of timing, but they were at the front of the pack in terms of physical position on the track. And there are many complicated rules to F1. And it's one of the things I don't love about F1. And there are many, many different and complicated rules. And what what you really should do, uh, as per the rule book, what you really should do is say, all right, everyone who has been lapped, go ahead and get to the back of the pack. And that clears everything up. And so then you would have Lewis and directly behind Lewis, you have Max. And then the race continues until the end. And that's that. Mm-hmm. That is not what the race director, uh, Michael Massey, chose no, to do. No, they didn't do that because if they would have done that, the race would have ended. Right. It would have so, ended while they were trying to do this. Exactly. So they tried to reach a happy medium. And I, the, the sitting here now, the way I feel about this is that Lewis did get screwed, but I think you got hundred percent screwed. You cannot have rules and a happy medium. <laughs> okay. Right. You either have the rules and stick by the rules or you have no rules because he was screwed. Lewis was screwed out of the championship. He should have won the championship. I so let's pause, 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 pause for two seconds. Oh. Let's finish up what happened just really quickly. <laughs> so what ends up happening is these three or four cars pass. The, the Max is right behind Lewis. They mm-hmm. race for literally, literally mm-hmm. one lap. And what had happened was for complicated reasons, Max was on fresh tires. Lewis was not. And there's a justification for the, that. Yeah, like, and it makes like sense. they made the right, that was like a good strategy call put to go Correct. in under the safety car that Lewis didn't do. And like people like, oh, it's a strategy thing. But you would never make that decision uh, if you were Mercedes, like it would have been a bad decision because they had Correct. track advantage and what should they were expecting to happen, what should have happened, right? That the race was never going to start again at that point. Yep. It was the final yep. lap. Like it shouldn't mm-hmm. have started again under the way that like no one would have expected this. Right. So, so at this point, Max is almost in front of Lewis when the race restarted. It was actually yeah. kind of obnoxious, but nevertheless, uh, Max is almost in front of Lewis when the race restarts, but strictly speaking, he was right behind Lewis and they only have a lap left and Max is on these brand new fresh tires and tires are everything. And so it took Especially him not too when, terribly when, long at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And so at, at that point, it, it, Lewis was screwed. And so Max ends up winning the race, wins the championship and that's that. And I, I understand, and I think I have some amount of sympathy in a way that every British person I've ever, ever spoken to <laughs> does not. I have some amount of sympathy for Massey in that I think he was trying to thread the needle as much as he could. And if you look at the rule book, uh, my limited understanding of the rules is the race director, st- chief steward, whatever he's called, has kind of a get out of jail free card. And it kind of says that that person can do what they want in order to make the race safe in, in, in the way it's supposed to be. Now, obviously, the Brits disagree with me on this. I'm not going to die on this hill. But... One way or another, I think even I would tell you it was extremely ambiguous. He went back on his decision because initially he said nobody will lap or nobody, well, none of the lapped cars will go. And then he said, okay, well, 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 some of the lapped cars will go. And that, I again, I understand the motivation there. I get why he did it. 
But and he did it for stupid reasons. It. He did it for entertainment, which it's not rules. It's in, it's insane. It, but I I don't know that that's true though, right? Because he was trying to get to the position where there could be some modicum of racing before the end of the race. But if that's right? what like, he wanted to do, he should have allowed a level playing field for Lewis. He should have let Lewis change his tires. Okay, if that's but, oh, what they wanted to do. If he genuinely wanted to, and I understand the thinking of like, let's finish this as a final lap. You can't. They gave so much advantage to Red Bull by doing this, and none for Mercedes. Well, but the flip side of that coin is, okay, let's say they red flag, and then Lewis can yeah. get new tires. Yeah. Well, then then Red Bull was implicitly getting punished for trying to play their cards right. Like, they got, they went in, they went in for tires, trying to do what was right, trying to give themselves any yeah. advantage that they could, uh -huh. and now Red Bull's getting punished, because now right, Lewis but, is getting special treatment because they wanted the to... in the other way, you follow the rules of letting all the lapped cars pass. But they didn't it have doesn't time. make sense. Right, but then Lewis wins. Because Lewis has led the race for 50 laps at this point. He's won the race. Like, there shouldn't have been anything that changed it under those conditions. Like, he had won the race. Yeah, Latifi went off and they put it under safety car. Oh no, that's such a shame. We finished the race now. Because there's no way to get us back to an ex expected... Like, there are rules in the sport, right? And the rules in the sport dictate the way that people play the game. If there would been a rule before where you could let half the cars go through, Lewis would have pitted. They would have pitted Mercedes because they would know where it was going to end up. Yeah. If there was precedent for this, like, only as many cars can get lapped as I decide, <laughs> then they would know the situation they were in. But they were dealing with the precedent, which is... Well, under this situation, if all of the cars would need to unlap themselves, this is what happens with the safety car. By that time, it's not an issue anymore. Yeah. I don't know. There is I, it, no it's... situation where Max should have been that close to him under the restart. Well, certainly, even even if you accept the only a few cars can pass thing. That's what I'm I, saying. I, even if you accept that, like, let's suppose that you didn't take issue with that. What bothered me a little bit, which I think it is within the realm of the rules, but there were times that I swear Max almost passed Lewis before Lewis, because Lewis being in the front was the one who decided. Oh, that was one of the protests. There's video of it. Like, mm -hmm. this, they made, they launched two protests. Ultimately, it was decided that it didn't give him an advantage. But like, there were points where Max was in front of Lewis under the safety car. Right. And that's, that's kind of gross. Like, yeah. I understand you're a racing driver. You're going to do everything you can to get an advantage, blah, 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 blah. But like, be a little bit of a gentleman about it, Max. Come on. Like, at least come off of, like, keep the front wing behind Lewis's front tire, for goodness sakes. Is that so much to ask? Like, uh, I don't know. So I, I don't personally take as much issue with it as every British person I've spoken to. And interestingly, in my anecdotal you know, discussions, every British person I've spoken to is beyond livid. And a smattering of non-Brits are livid, which I find no, quite funny. I, I think, like, I don't know. All, uh, what I see, what I've been seeing on social media is, like, there is a lot of outrage like, in, for this. Because, look, I am not suggesting that Max does not deserve the championship. He does deserve the championship. They were level going into this. He deserved it as much as Lewis. And as I said before, like, I wanted Lewis to win. I had no problem with Max winning because he deserved it. He's mm -hmm. raced mm -hmm. to that level this year. I don't like the way he's done it, yeah, but agreed. he's done it, right? 
he it was not deserved for Lewis to lose this way. And yeah, honestly, I, I like fair. if I'm Max Verstappen, I know what he's saying. He can't be that happy to have won it this way either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there's always going to be a question mark over his victory. Yeah, I agree. And that's not great. Like they messed up big time here. I gen like they messed up big time. Like, and I know why they did it. They did it because there was so many. This is the largest, uh, one of the largest uh, viewerships of a, of a Formula One race ever, right? It was massive because people, you know, Drive to Survive, all this stuff. We're here, you know, like everyone's talking about this stuff now. They wanted the race. Massey decided he wanted the race to end as a race. You know, and I feel like at that point, you're going to say, well, you were totally fine with Bahrain. Right? Was, was it Bahrain where it rained so much that it just did two laps? No, I thought that was Russia. I know what you're thinking of, but maybe you're right. I don't remember. Where it's like, that wasn't a race and you were fine with that. But they got so much heat for that, they wanted it to be an actual race finish. But in doing the race finish, Spa, it was, thank you, the Spa race, right, where they did the two laps... They wanted the, the to, they wanted it to be like a he wanted oh it's got to be a race at the end for the drama of it all for like so it's because he's like as he said which oh my god I had I was livid when he said to Toto what did he say this is a motor race we went mm -hmm. racing mm -hmm. I cannot believe that the person in charge of the rules said that in that way at that time. Like, for me, that was telling of the fact that he was going emotionally, not analytically, because it's called a motor race, which it's like, it, oh, thank you, God, Massey, for deciding how we race. <laughs> like, I could not believe that he would say that uh, to someone who was clearly so upset for good reason. Like, I understand why Mercedes are acting the way that they're acting right now, uh, which is that, like, they are... I don't know. It was, it was, I found the whole thing ridiculous. Honestly, the right call. I mean, I, I'm sure Massey, looking back on this, knows he made the wrong call now. Like, I, there's no way you could, could be analytical and look at that and be like, given another chance, what he should have done was if he, if he really felt like they had to finish it under race conditions, should have set a situation where you could equalize Lewis and Max and then do, and then do that final lap. Or it should have that, finished but, on the safety car. The, the, the route that they chose was the wrong route. I, so I don't I'm know how mostly, anyone could disagree with it. I mostly agree with what you just said, but I still think by just red flagging, that is showing an implicit, uh, I feel like that's showing an implicit favoritism toward Lewis because it wasn't, you know, Max's fault that well, this happened. Well, there's a favoritism it, either way, right? Yeah, yeah. The only way you don't show the favoritism is do what you're supposed to do, which is everyone gets unlapped. Oh no, sorry. Now we've just finished in lap order, right? Of the 50 suppose, laps yeah. up to this point, which I think is the way it should have been done. But if you feel like you have to have a race finish, have a real one. I, I, I think I can mostly agree with you. Yeah. I, I, I don't have the angst and issues with the call that it seems a lot of people do. Um, and, and in fact, my, my dear friend that, you know, I speak about often that wanted me to get into F1 for 20 years and is furious that it had tried to survive is what did it. I, I, if I recall correctly, his opinion on it was that the call was bad, but he was pleased to see somebody other than Lewis win. I don't think he was happy and to I see Max specifically. That. I understand that completely. Right. Like I get why people feel that way. Like call, as long as we can all agree that the call was bad, then I'm fine with it, but I don't think it should have gone this way. 
I, and see, I, I, I think I agree the call was bad. I'm not 100% on board with that, though, because ultimately what you, and Marley's just said this in the chat. I'll, in fact, I'll just read what, what she had said. I don't, this is Marley's. I don't think Mike is right. He probably made the right decision for his own interest. This is meaning Massey. It's an entertainment business first and a sports second. The controversy just means more people are talking about it. So I understand what Marley's is saying, and I agree with it if we're at the point where we're then going to say that we don't need these rules. If the race director can make whatever decisions that they want to make, that's fine, but you then need to remove the sporting code and just say the race director decides what happens, and then we can live by that. Well, but the it's, issue I mean, is I think you're being a bit dramatic. Rules. The issue is that there are rules, and you either decide to go by the rules or you just say the racing director makes the decisions, and that's perfectly fine by me. The, if there is question... The racing director makes the decisions. The racing director's whatever they say goes. And that but is, that you is have how it's these, written. Yeah, but then you have these rules. Then why do the rules exist that the because racing director the, should follow? Well, because the rules exist to make sure that you're racing Formula One and not go-karts, to make sure that you're racing Formula One and not NASCAR. But eventually you will come up with a scenario, like we did, where there is, I would argue, and perhaps you wouldn't, but I would argue there was some amount of ambiguity there. And... If there is ambiguity, which again, I'm not asking you to agree with that, but if if one agrees that there's ambiguity, then it's up to the race director to make the call. And that is what he did. Now, you personally may not like the call. And I like think he call, made the but, wrong call. There were calls yeah. he could have made. He made the wrong one, in my opinion. I don't disagree with you, but I'm not sure if I agree with you either. Like, I think... I think that there was no way for Massey to come out of this ahead. Like there was no way oh, I agree for this with to that. end well. There was no there was no ending well. Yeah. Uh, but the way that it went was bad. He could have he could have, I believe, could have made a different set of choices that resulted in something different. Because look, people were always going to be mad about the way this race went. There was no mm -hmm. two ways about it. Like for me, maybe the best way for me to sum this up, I think that this was actually a kind of fitting way to end this season. <laughs> Truth. Because Absolutely. it fits with the last half of the season, which is inconsistent yeah. calls with backtracking that made for wild racing. Yeah. yeah because yeah. part well of the problem for me here, which we haven't touched on, is Massey was changing his mind during that last lap of what was going to happen. Yeah, agreed. And that for me is like so indicative of what this season has been where there has been just like inconsistently applied rules across the whole season. It's going to make for a great drive to survive. I can't wait for more of the season. I can't wait to see what Lewis is going to be like next year. Well, and so that's the thing that I've been saying. Like, okay, so leaving aside personal allegiances, leaving aside whether or not Massey is the devil, which apparently a lot of people believe these days, leaving all that aside for a moment, I think there's two things that we should all be able to agree on. Number one, that last race, and I would argue most of the season, but particularly that last race, leaving aside the inconsistencies of rule application and so on and so forth. Holy cow, what a good race it was. Like, again, I know it's what hard to put all of that aside. What an incredible season it's been. Exactly, right? Like, what an incredible, incredible season. And particularly that last race. Like, I didn't look at my heart rate, but I was standing up six inches away from the TV, like, panting i was mm. so in, it was so intense that last lap and of course everyone knew how it was going to turn out but still like in the heat of the moment i was like oh my god 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 oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> like it was no, i'm pleased i didn't see it because i know how i felt when lando lost it you know like when lando yeah, lost his yeah, lap yeah, and yeah, how yeah, that yeah. sad that made me I, yep, yep, yep. I, i'm actually kind of pleased i didn't see the race because i would have been devastated yeah, I totally understand this. That number one, number one, again, I'm not asking you or anyone else to agree with how it went down other than to say what an intense, exciting race it was. Number two, and you said this just a second ago, Lewis is going to be 
a maniac next year. And that is going to be fun. Let's just address the fact that like there is apparently there's like seeming some question about whether he's coming back now. Oh, he'll come back. back. He's absolutely coming back. He's not going to go out like this. He won't go out like this. And it's going to be, I mean, because there's enough change. One, like there's like George is in Mercedes now. Like he did some of the testing and stuff. It looks so good. I'm so excited about it. Like now we've got this question, right? Like, what is George Russell going to be like? Like, are mm-hmm. we now going to have a situation where there's three people going yeah, for the yeah, yeah. championship? We don't know. But what we do know, especially because it's also a year where, don't forget, all the rules change, all the cars change. We don't know what it's going to be like, right? I think Red Bull are a little bit out on their own now with their engines as well. Like, that's happening over the next couple of years. Uh, it's We're entering into an odds time, but I'm desperately excited to just see like again as Marley says this is it's kind of the perfect narrative the champion coming back next year to take back the crown that was unjustly stolen from him yep yep it's kind of like for for look what i'll say is as a fan of the sport this is it ended kind of great right exactly exactly it ended in a way where like everyone wants to know now like this has become international news uh, the start of the next season is going to be bananas. And if you thought that Max and Lewis were intense, <laughs> were intense towards Aggressive. each other now, it's going to be much worse because yeah. Lewis has something to prove. Max has something to lose. Mm-hmm. What do you think about him racing as number one? What do you mean by that? So he's taken the number one. He, his, oh, his number oh, oh, next yes, year yes, is yes. one. Which is you, be, as the champion, you get that right. You get the right to change, to be to be n- the number one. He's number car number thirty three right now, and he'll be car number one. It's his choice to do that. What do you think about that? My simple answer is eh, whatever. My long answer is, I think that's a really good indication of the temperament and personality of these two men. Because Lewis, for his faults, of which I do think there are some, for example, there is never, uh, in my personal opinion, there's not a bigger whiner on track than Lewis Hamilton. Off track, I think he's you're amazing. so biased in that opinion. Uh, I, uh, he's such a whiner on track. Everything that happens, he whines about. But that be, that aside, uh, Lewis is a way kinder, way kinder, way more mature, way more respectable individual than Max Verstappen. And Lewis, who has that self-confidence, is going to say, you know, what is his number? I don't even remember now. 44. 44, thank you. I wanted to say 54, but I knew that wasn't right. He's going to stick with with 44. You know, obviously it can't change this year, but of course he's, he's never stuck raced with 44. on the one. Right, exactly. The last exactly. person to do it was uh, Vettel, I think. Yeah, so of course Lewis is going to stick with that because he's, he's not... I, I don't view him as as obsessed with himself as Max is. Max is a child. Like, f- for all of his foibles, for all of his faults, we shouldn't lose sight of the fact he's, what, like 24? He's a child. And so, of course, he's choosing number one because he's an immature little baby. And so, it's it's like he is such... Like, as much as I dislike on-track, I, I really dislike Lewis's on-track persona. I find him to be a whiner. I find him to be a big baby about everything. But that's the only time I actually really don't like Lewis. Everything else about Lewis, I think, is amazing. And... And I feel like Max, who is also a whiner, by the way, um, I feel like his off-track persona is so off-putting and is so gross. And this is just another gross thing in his gross line of gross statements and actions. Like, none of this surprises me. Yep. I don't know. 
I'm excited for next season, though, man. <laughs> Holy cow, am I excited. One, one of the things I saw Max say, which to me was just such like a Max thing, was like in one of the press conferences, was basically he was saying, Lewis is okay. He's got seven of them. This is my first one. And it's like such a Ugh, childish gosh. way of putting yep. it, of like, Lewis should be fine about this because he's got seven of them. If I would have lost, it would have been much worse for me because I don't have any of them. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like that opinion, that like opinion to me is so f like funny. Like I think it shows his view. And like I understand why you'd feel that way, but I think it just shows a difference in temperament between them. Like, yeah, I agree. I don't think if Lewis would have won, Max would have come up to him and congratulated him. Oh no, uh, I absolutely agree. Which is something Lewis did, and like, yeah. and so did his dad. What's his dad's name? I don't remember now. Anthony. But yeah, he went up to to For Max me, and, and Yost, like, Joss, whatever his name is. Yep. I kind of can't believe somebody could compose themselves that quickly to do that. Like his post race mm -hmm. interview, he wasn't complaining in the post race interview. Yeah, and I don't know how you could pull yourself together after for probably 90 minutes being convinced you were the eighth world champion. Yeah. Being yeah. convinced that like, I know Max is saying this is his first. This was more important to Lewis, I believe because this cemented him mm -hmm. as the mm -hmm. greatest of all time. Yeah. Like at a time when I'm sure Lewis is, you know, he, there's a question mark around next year. No one knows what it's going to be like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's, this is, I don't know. I, I'm upset about the whole thing, but I also can't. Now, I'm even more excited now for next year. <laughs> so As congratulations, Michael Massey. You got what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when is the first race? I don't even know. At, at, at that it's point. March sometime, be, I guess. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Uh, I'm sure at that point, this this podcast will have embraced its new life form of being entirely an F1 show. <laughs> Let's yeah, see, I 2022. Like it oh, it's the day uh, right after my birthday, Bahrain, in uh, 18th through 20th of March. So my birthday is 17th. That's my 40th on the 17th of March. And so uh, wow. right after that. Let's mm -hmm. go to Bahrain. Uh, yeah. And so I guess a couple of weeks before that, we'll get Drive to Survive. Yeah, one would think. You didn't hear it's coming out next week. <laughs> Drive to Survive it's already started. Didn't you know? 